you know, the thing about humans is we laugh. No yes. other species laughs. The hyena, it's bullshit. It's not really laughing. But, <laughs> we, but we laugh, and, and what do we laugh at most? Ourselves. Tokyo tonight. American guitar legend and musical director for the Conan O'Brien Show. Hear untold stories from Jimmy and his musical guests. The Green Room with Jimmy Vivino. With what's going on, man? I'm uh, I'm in my own in your green room, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, true. You know, um, the green room had a lot of. Of course, it's not about money. We know that, right? Green's money it's more about m marijuana than, than anything. <laughs> yes. no you know a green room for anyone that doesn't know is classically where they hold guests before a talk show yeah in the green you know and uh so so my producers came up with that name and and uh we originally were were being sponsored by weed and whiskey tv oh, which nice. was wonderful because i got all kinds of free illegal shit through the mail yeah <laughs> which is where you want all your illegal shit to come through yeah you know and and uh you know the it's it's um it was a great idea and and i was very resistant at first i don't know if you guys came up with your idea or somebody said hey you you guys ought to have a show and you said what for man there's so many shows so my yeah. take always Oh man, all my friends are doing this, and they said, "Yeah, but your friends aren't you." And that's right. And I know that every one of us, that with with any kind of personality at all, can do this. Yeah. Um, as long as you don't think it's any different than sitting around, like I said to you before, in a bar with two other guys, or or got a couple of girls, or or whatever anyone wants to call himself today, because I want to be totally inclusive. <laughs> we God, will cancel you on air. Lawyer sitting next to me, by the way. Yeah. Uh, just, <laughs> he um, just tugs on your beard. He's like, don't say that. Redact it. Don't say that. You can say that, but don't yeah. say them. Say them, they, they, yeah. whatever. This, this, he, this, don't say this, he, she, her. Say them, <laughs> they, uh, whoever. Uh, you better you get know, it I'm all right, man. Fuck, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, we're all us, you know? Yes. This. I like but, to um, stick with the generalization of like I like you, I don't like you. That way, I just don't have to talk to somebody. You know, you're like, hey, this is it. This is the rules. That's right. And 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 those and those opinions aren't usually formed on the the things that people have a pro think we have a problem with. Yeah, they're really yeah. formed on your fucking personality. You yeah, know? yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. There's no, there's no fixing that usually. Yeah. It, yeah, work. we and the thing about the green room thing too, man, it's a brilliant idea. Like we started Dystopia, I felt the same way because I yeah. everybody had a podcast and I was traveling doing the road and you know, working across the country. I was like, I really don't need to have one. Like I like going on other people's podcasts. I didn't want to actually start my own. And then as soon as I couldn't go on the road, I was like, I'm gonna start a fucking podcast. because uh, well, <laughs> I you know, I want to talk to so friends. I haven't, seen, I haven't been I'm in New York now. I'm 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 77th Street at a hotel. <laughs> We just did this great big benefit for God's love we deliver, and, nice. and we gave half the proceeds to to the Ukraine, half ah, of the money man. we made, and we're still mm -hmm. making money on it. And um, 
still going over there, but I had seen hadn't seen so many people uh, for a long time. Their faces actually, we yeah, in each other like this for a long time. So we yeah, kind man. of first got together like this, and and somebody said, looking at your intro, said, you know, I just feel like like Godzilla is going to come out of the East River <laughs> and just start stomping us, man. Right? That's exactly. Bizarre, the world we're living in is, and, and all of a sudden we. Well, not as not only is COVID gone, it took a war to put it out of the news because they were running right. out of shit to write. You know, yeah, what happened to absolutely Patrick? disappeared. Where is he? What's he doing? Yeah, you know? yeah. So yeah, isn't that so fucking it's, crazy? It's funny, it became a news. Everything that drives the news, they will milk it till the end. You know, one hundred percent. Yeah, and it's really kind of sickening that if people are giving towards a war effort, they're going to be giving for quite a while because. You look at the damage, it looks like Dresden in the 40s, man. Yeah, man. Isn't yeah. that crazy? It's really fucked up. And the other thing, too, is like, I mean, I was just watching the news. I don't even know why I fucking bothered to do it at this point, but I was watching it before we came on. And they still hype up the potential. They seem more excited for a World War Three than they are about avoiding one. Because they can just, I want to be like, you guys know if it actually hits, you'll have nowhere to report this and no one to report it to, right? I think Don King will be promoting it soon. And that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's that kind of a thing. It's that kind of a thing that it just, you know, I remember way back and you guys are probably too young when the, when, when CNN and there was no Fox news yet and it was just yeah. CNN. And uh, I think it was in, in, I don't know, 19 late eighties or 90, whenever the first Gulf war happened and I was playing a club downtown New York city and the war came on, you know, yeah. and everybody left, everybody went to the bar to watch the war. I said, that's wow. it. It's over for music and entertainment. This is the new format. Wow. And they, boy, did they ever latch a hold of that, you know? And uh, yeah. and there's so much information. But in the good, the good thing about it is that people with their phones are finally doing something where, you know, when, when stuff happened in wars, it had to go through the government before we would see any footage. Yeah. And now it goes up right away. People with their phones are reporting the truth, you know, that's the best. That's, that's the benefit of the social. That's when I love social media, when it's at its best, when it cuts through the fucking bullshit and you can finally see what's real and what's not. Yeah. You got to be careful because there's no filter now uh, yeah. from truth where it used to be like, Oh, we used to get these fake Vietnam death things, you know, you know, five soldiers were killed today when 5,000 were killed. Yeah. And How now, do you feel about that, though? Are you able to are you able to balance it out in your own head, like finding out like because sometimes it's too sometimes I feel like it's too much truth. It's too much Jack shit that Nicholson, you walk around with. It's Jack Nicholson and a few a few good men. You can't yeah. handle the truth because <laughs> we really can't. You know, and that's why they sugarcoated for so long. But yeah. anyway, uh, things are getting better and, and a pot that we can get more positive now, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, um, I did go uh, over to to London to work oh, at nice. Abbey Road with Ken Scott, who was the Beatle engineer on Abbey Road. Yeah, on the last man, one. awesome. And also, oh, that's so cool. Hunky Dory, and he also uh, uh, did uh, uh, Ziggy Stardust, and he did Elton John records, and yeah, he just he's just a storied engineer. And we, we were doing a thing for a company called Pure Mix, where Rich Pagano, the drummer with Fab Fo, and myself were brought yeah. over to work with Ken Scott. They brought the old boards in that the Beatles used. We were in that studio for a week. Oh, my so, God. Like I said, this is the apocalypse. This is it. After <laughs> after I do this for a week, shit's, you know, and then the work came after that. And I said, maybe yeah. I shouldn't. <laughs> God was like, you know what? Jimmy Vivino's got a point. <laughs> we're going to mark down war. It's my fault because I was in Abbey Road for a week. 
and uh, and I went to every piano that's on the last chord in a day in the life. Yes. Yeah. You know, and I just went to each piano and had a ball. I found them through pictures of them doing that. I mean, I was just wow. doing the nerdiest shit you can yeah. imagine. Smoothie I would do up. the same. Oh, yeah. You know, so I really felt like that. It was like a, my whole life had just culminated into this moment, you know. And did you? And then, and then I got home and I, I think I got COVID. Oh, <laughs> shit. <Wow>. Yeah, because. <laughs> How you, know, you feeling? I, 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 I had two weeks before I had to go on a Joe Bonamassa's Keeping the Blue, Blues Alive cruise. Okay. Home for two weeks. And I just felt shitty, man. Yeah. And, and, and finally, Friday before I had to leave Sunday for Miami to go to Jamaica. I, uh, on the boat, I called my doctor and I said, uh, I got to have a quick rapid test. Can you do it for me today? He said, sure, 150 bucks. I said, really? Okay. Holy I went over shit. there and I tested positive. And I said, uh. shit. I called my management. I called my friend Albert Castillo, who lives, who's a great blues guitar player. He lives in Miami. I said, mm -hmm. Albert, you got you got to cover me, I think, on this cruise. And so, Rennie, you know, Rennie, you guys have been talking to him. My manager yep. said, Go to this place in Burbank behind the Ramada Inn by the airport. It's a, they got a they got a they got a, a, a PCR test <laughs> that they'll send out and you'll find out tomorrow if you're really sick. Just don't wow. believe the rapid test. Another yeah. hundred and fifty bucks. Ooh, holy <laughs> shit! That day. Six hours later, you know, and the next day I hear that I'm negative. So right, I, wow. Okay. And then I get to Miami and I'm negative again. But I think I had it for two weeks. So yeah, I think all it's a, the herd thing is not untrue. That we all need to get it in some way. Uh, believe me, I'm triple vaxxed and double fucked. Yeah. Because you know, <laughs> yeah. wait a minute, you got to get fucked. I didn't get that deal. I I only got the three vax. I didn't get fucked. What nurse did yeah. you see? <laughs> why do why we feel so entitled when we do the right thing and and we think everything's going to be okay? Yeah, you know? man, I know. But but it's it's a crapshoot, man. I Nobody mean, it's really knows. It no. probably kept you out of the hospital at the very least. Yeah, well, I'm okay. Yeah, because the the second you know variant was easier to deal with, and I think it's going to be something like in 1918 when the Spanish flu came. And yeah, we finally got a vaccine for it that we, by the way, take every year still. Yeah, for, still. All right. So right. That over a hundred years we've been taking that those vaccines. Right. This is be another thing that we that we take or don't take we yeah. either suffer the consequences or we take the vaccine because if right. you don't take the if you don't take the influenza vaccine you're probably going to catch the flu right yeah and that's going to be the same with this thing so i mean that's you know. what happened to me i mean i didn't i didn't get blue shots for the longest time and not for any particular reason i didn't have any kind of i wasn't spooked by it i was lazy and i didn't get the flu shot and one year when it was getting around really bad i was doing a gig in michigan and I fucking got the worst flu I've ever had in my entire life. I wound up yeah. in the hospital out in Michigan. It was it was fun. I thought I, literally I was taking that shitty. What's the what's the shit they give you for the flu that makes you sicker? I was like, I really wish I just well, give you the flu. They give you the oh, they get <laughs> they shoot the shit that's killing you into you. you know? Oh God, it was and brutal. Body, it, it, yeah, yeah, it's you know and and. You know that's the that's the technical term, but there's another term. Yeah, there's yeah, there's whatever. It's, <laughs> I, like, I like that better though. I like that a lot better. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so, so how is that? We're just catching up on life here. But what else yeah. do you want to talk? About, guys? No, no. Well, now I'm curious. Did you see the Beatles documentary? You know what I call it? What? Get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's wonderful. 
us. Uh, it's it's for people in the business. It's for songwriters. It's for people that you know. It's a really a really great look into how a bunch of geniuses can can procrastinate forever and get nothing done. And then when it comes right? down to the wire, all this brilliant shit starts coming out. You know. Yeah, man. Oh, Didn't you know that George and Ringo were talking, and Paul's like. Just play and let it be like he's creating it there, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's that? Oh, it's just, there it is, you know? And um, you don't have, you don't get that kind of, you know, that, that fly on the wall view of much. I would prefer if it was during Revolver, you know, mm -hmm. or Pepper or the White Album. Yeah. But yeah. at this point, or at this point uh, it's great because it also, to me, there's retribution. I saw the original Get Back when it came out. Yeah, Michael. I always say it's Dennis Eaton Hogg. I always think it's the guy from Spinal Tap. <laughs> yeah, <that>. yeah. <laughs> because it just, it just is a, it's, it's really a, a, a mean spirited look at what was going on. Right. Uh, none yeah. of the joy that you see in Get Back is there. Yeah. And uh, and and the, and and the, they ended like on a really sour note. The whole thing, you know. Oh, but I know. Peter Jackson did a great job. Uh, after all, he is used to producing. And directing some of the best fantasy uh, music, uh, rather movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It <laughs> knows about a story arc. Yeah, and knows yeah. about magic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he, you can so tell he much did it with magic in there. You know, yeah. and, and and it's good that it starts really slow, and you go, "Man, is this ever going to come together?" You know, I uh, know. No, no pun intended. But there was, <laughs> there was definitely, <laughs> there was definitely one point because my my mom got me into the Beatles when I was a kid. She's a huge Beatles fan. We go to see Paul McCartney like every year when he's touring or whatever. But there was literally one part I remember watching one of the episodes with her and Paul's trying to figure out the lyric to one of the songs we all know. It was like he's he's basically sitting there he's like let it and my mom at one point just like be be goddamn it let it be how do you not know that like, <laughs> like yeah it, because we there's a famous story about yesterday. That it was scrambled eggs. That's what it was. <laughs> it really right. was. And it's gibberish. But you see that the thing missing later, you know, any any Beatles solo album yeah. is one quarter as good as the worst Beatle album. So Ooh, good way to put uh, it. No, seriously, I, yeah. I think. In yeah. my opinion. Uh the yeah. four of them together is a force. You know, there's stuff that John wrote and George wrote and, and that Ringo recorded. Yeah. And that you know, even though he didn't write so much, the choices yeah. and that Paul, yeah. of course, you know, that that needed the ear and the and the opinion of his brothers. You know, yeah. Because John yeah. said, "Monkberry Moon Delight," you got to change that. Yeah, you know? yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. You can't be sitting in the attic with a piano up a banana, a piano up your nose. You can't. That, you know, you've got to say that's. The, you see, when Paul would get these gibberish lyrics, and. After John was gone, he just leave him there, you know. Yep. And John, yeah. the same thing. Paul would say, you know, you got to have a better middle eight than that. You know, yeah. you can't just leave the song where you're that doing that, you know. And and um and that was the see collaboration is as much creation as anything. Absolutely, uh, and that was the cool thing know. to see because you really got like I loved seeing Paul lean into the music and getting everything. Like it was it was crazy to see how meticulous he was for what he'd heard in his head and what he wanted to hear out of everybody in the group. That was well, I he, could see why the pressure was on his own. He was pretty much left on his own to lead the charge. Yeah, you know, a healthier John. We're seeing John at not his worst point, but at a pretty bad point. Uh, right, his, and uh, and and. 
there's moments of brilliance that make you think, oh God, I wish I saw him before all this, all the drug use started, you know? Yeah. But um, even so, it's, oh, he's sharper than anyone in the room in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and Paul was really just like, come on, let's trying to rally them together. Yeah. And, and George really had to, was interested in other things. And it's funny when you see a song like All Things Must Pass get passed up. Right. You know? As though, well, oh, yeah. that's great, George, but does anyone have anything good? You know, that sort of attitude. <laughs> and, and, and they give it like one shot where they're trying to sound like the band. Yeah. Right? Like from Big Pink. Because yeah. everybody in England was affected by Big Pink. Yeah. To the point where, where Eric Clapton doubted that Cream was doing anything right and he wanted to get this, this, this sort of thing the band was. It wasn't called Americana then, it was just the band. Right. And Elton John then comes out with Tumbleweed Connection, his yeah. tribute. You know, to the Brown album, right? Uh, the, the band's album. So the band were doing to the Beatles what the Beatles did to every other band before them, and George really had it his had it down. All things must pass was sounding really good. I thought, yeah, and if they recorded it, it would have been just fantastic. They they and, really did. I mean, it was weird because I understood like I didn't know too much about that whole period with George. Like I didn't realize he kind of threw a tantrum and walked out. Like it, they, I don't know they. Not that they put him in a bad light, but I didn't realize he was that hard up on everybody in that band. And but then there were times where I felt like they were kind of antagonistic towards him. So I, I he, you know, baby brother, don't forget. Yeah, he had these two. You know, there's a, a famous story that uh, somebody who was working with the working with the Wilburys told me, and I don't I don't remember who told me, but they were in the room, mm -hmm. and Bob Dylan said to uh, George, uh, "Well." I never had to be in a band. So when I wrote my songs, I sang them. I decided if they were good, I recorded them. I had total control. You were in a band with three really great songwriters and great singers. And he said, how did you decide what songs? And, and George said, we all knew John was better. I'm wow. serious. said that because yeah. there was a, he was the big brother. There yeah. was a respect and an admiration. Paul was the middle child, right? Yep. That was, yeah. Oh, I got it. Oh, I, how about yeah, this? really. You know? And then trying yeah. to pass it by John. It's not, I mean, it's not, it's psychology 101. Right. You know, his approval meant so much. And now Paul wasn't even getting it because John was sort of half there. Yeah. And, uh, and Paul was writing some brilliant stuff at that time. Yeah. You know, and then John would throw something together like, don't let me down. That would just slay you, you know? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that is so, that's, that's blues. That is so heart wrenching, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he was able to always have that element of tearing your heart out, where right. Paul rarely did. When Paul did do that, he could he could do that. The long and winding road does that. Yes, you know, it's absolutely it's a, it's a beautiful song. Beautiful song. Yeah, beautiful. Absolutely. You know, and, he, and even Hey Jude did. You know, John oh, loved yeah. it. You know, so and that that's that period. Uh, you know, they were only really making records for seven, seven years. And, you know, uh, it's amazing. It takes a band seven years to put out their second rap record. I know it's crazy, too. And, you know, the other thing I liked about it, and you may you could definitely speak on this more than I even can, because you've been in this way longer than I I have. But I loved seeing what actually happened in that in that footage that they had and then them reading in the press with how the press spun it. Because yeah. that's their whole history is 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 other people kind of trying to take over that story. They didn't fucking live it, you know. You, um, is that the fake news? No, I, I know exactly what I was going to say. It's it's the funniest thing to me because it's the one 
one true thing, you know, I mean, again, you know, it's just one of those things that like, I think we all experience because we've all had interviews before we've all been written up in the press and you're like, I didn't go to fucking that college, you know, I mean, or whatever they, they twist up around. But I love that they were sitting in there reading about it and they were like, oh, apparently we got into a fist fight. Should we do it now? <laughs> like apparently, well, you, you know, know. I mean, sure, sure. But, you know, like the truth is always more boring than a lie, you know? Right, and, right. Yes. And, and the fact is that, you know, like Mark Twain built his whole career on bullshitting. You know, right. so, <laughs> making shit up. You know, right. My dear friend Mac Rebenek, Doctor John, who's gone now, he was the best bullshitter I knew, and we would sit around and just wait for some mm. bullshit story that would just make us, you know, <laughs> and you know, and and that and that that it's it's like there's a thing called qualified bullshit, right? Know? Yeah, that's that's the beauty that now that becomes an art form, like that telling becomes, people recycling works. Well, sure. <laughs> you know, because you know, it makes you feel good. It doesn't know, you know, the government's not really actually recycling anything. I think about 10% of what we recycle actually gets recycled since we've started. But the rest of it just goes into a garbage dump. But Don't it makes us anybody, feel No one out there can honestly say to me, I always separate my shit. Right, you know? right exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And if you don't, do you think there's some person at the dump saying, oh, Here's a here's a here's a here's a foil. Yeah, go in there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, they don't give a fuck. I've yeah, so then so... we get the shit that they that they recycle and they turn into something else and it sucks. Yeah. All of a sudden, yeah. you know, you try to you try to take the tab off a off of a can of soda or something it breaks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love that everybody thought they were being heroes when Starbucks decided to do away with straws, but they did the sippy cup lid. And I was like, "You fucking morons! Lids make up more of the trash in the ocean than the straws do. It's just a." And switch. you're drinking, through, you're drinking through that, you know, you're drinking through that recycled plastic that has other shit in it. You know. Yeah, exactly. But everyone yeah. was like, "Good job." Who, 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 who decided that for hot stuff that you know, or, or even even like an alcoholic drink? That a paper straw was was better. Oh God! It's saving the turtles. I am ingesting yeah. so much paper. You know they used to tell you not to eat it in kindergarten and shit, but I'm just like drinking through this paper straw. Like what the? Fuck? Well, you know, the, I, I I really have a theory that the problem, uh, one of the problems with with the world is that we stopped eating white paste. You know, because <laughs> wasn't that the most delicious thing when you were a kid? That white paste. Oh man, that we used to eat. You tell me, you guys stopped? It never paid off. The taste was salty and crappy, but the smell of a new kind of Play-Doh. I think that hooked us Play-Doh. all. Play-Doh. First drug was Play-Doh. Yeah, absolutely. You open the can and you, you smell, smell it. it. Oh my yeah. god, I can still smell it. Is that bad? <laughs> well, it's probably some byproduct, you know, Play-Doh. Yeah, it's probably yeah. Just some, you know byproduct of some some bio, you know, some oh. My, do you ever do the thing where you would pour the glue on your hand and then peel it back so you'd have like a hand glue thing? Oh, sure. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want some fucking glue, man. This is, <laughs> I gotta get out of here. Well, you know, I mean, we, you know, we, there's so much, there's so much that we did that they said was bad for us. I don't know, man, that a Twinkie's gonna kill you, you know? My dude. If right. there's any, yeah. that's one of those things, man. We're like my, I mean, you know, knock on wood, he's in a, 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 you know, he's in a bit of a nursing home. My dad is 74 years old and has done everything under the fucking sun, including eat himself to a ridiculous weight, 
you know, whatever it is, and then slim back down. Nothing. He got COVID too. He's got 18 stents in his heart. He's been smoking since he was nine. He bulldozes through fucking everything. It's in, well, I don't was know. He, what, in the war? he was in, he, he got out of the war. He went AWOL um, twice. And the second time he conned the, the guys he out of like, lip. He's like yeah. a hippie guy. Yeah. Yeah, 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 a bit of a con. Yeah, yeah, something like that. He's Italian. Well, then, That's all I can say. Lived through smog and ingesting shit and just breathing the air in those days was sure was supposed to be bad. You know, it, it, I think it's random. You know, you know, you hear about people, you know, working out like crazy and they, you know, they're and they're in great shape and then they get a heart attack running. So, yeah, right. Yeah. You know, it's not why we think it's up to us after all these years. Whether you believe in something else, you know, you don't have to. It, Thinking that it's up to you is as ridiculous as thinking it's up to God. Whether you yeah, live. was it you wasn't know? there a dude who was like a hundred and six or something like that, and they asked him uh, what what he ate, and it was boxed wine and pizza. Yeah, <laughs> and they were just like, and everyone's like, "Oh shit! All right, I guess that works." <laughs> well, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of theories that sickness is in you from when you're born. And yeah, just, I, you know, it's it all depends. bullshit. We don't no, we don't know. We don't. Yeah, know. your health it, is different than my health, and Tom's health is, uh, you know, up to his wife. And that's. I, uh, I'm just I say, listen, whatever you do, do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, do it. What's with your? We've yeah. been asking people, what's your, what's your go-to on the road junk food? Oh, to me, <laughs> I've got it so narrowed down to specific Ooh. cities. Really? You know? Oh, I love that, man. Yeah. So you know, if I'm in. I had if I'm in Chicago, I gotta get some Al's beef, you know, or Portillos, or oh, I gotta shit. get Lou oh, Melnati's deep, yes. deep Blue Melnati's, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if I'm in if I'm in 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 New Mexico, I gotta get some blue corn tortillas, you know, that kind of okay. stuff. Okay. If I'm in Philadelphia, I need the Jim's or Pats or some other great cheesesteak. I need some butterscotch crimpets. Right. And I need I need to go over to uh, the White House in Atlantic City. Yep, the subs. And sub sandwich, subs, which they miss Nomer uh, Hoagie in Philly for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I know. Jesus. And if I'm in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, pizza. Oh yeah. You know, uh, each one has its own special, you know, special special thing. You know. Uh, yeah, man. Pizza. You know, and and uh, if, if there's hot dogs in places. Boston has the Pearl Dog, you know. Oh. Long Branch, New Jersey, has the Windmill. That's uh, where my gig was. Yeah, the Windmill's yeah, great. Uh, yeah, you're, you're not far from there, Tom's River. There's two. There's one in Long Branch, and there's one original one. Um, there's one in Red Bank. The original one, the Windmill, actual Windmill. Yeah, yeah, Long, yeah. You know, uh, if you're in Florida, Cuban sandwich. If you're Miami, you know. All right. Texas, Love a good Cuban. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't consider it junk food so much as you know. Like ribs and, and, and ribs now that you could just talk about ribs in every southern state. In oh, yeah, sense, yeah. You know, and, and, and have an argument about that. But yeah, you know, there's there's certain things that are in certain areas. Uh, Tony Paco's in <laughs> there. They got the, the Polish sausage in um, Toledo, Ohio. Ooh. You know, and now these food channels, you know, man versus food, all that, gr all that yep. great shit. You yeah, know, and that crazy Guy Fieri guy, I love him. Oh my God, he's, he's just, great. He's a guy. He's he's for real. That's him. I've seen him in an airport. He has a <laughs> mini me son dressed exactly like him. 
spiked hair and the chains and the glasses. Fucking unbelievable. But we learn a lot about it. That's where we learn about regional places to go to. Yeah. Yeah. There's a place in Minneapolis that cooks the cheese inside the hamburger. You know? Oh, you that's the best. My. My, one of my yeah. best friends does that shit. We go on vacation when we all of our, all my friends go out together, and he makes these fucking burgers. We all look forward to, just shoves them full of cheese, man. All the best seasoning in the top. Oh my god, they're so fucking good. You can literally feel your heart stopping as you're eating them, but you don't stop. Well, I use it as an analogy too that I think is true. Um, what's the best burger? I'll ask you quickly. What quickly? I'm asking you. What do you? What's the best burger in your opinion? Oh, uh, bacon cheeseburger. No, but where? Who makes it? Oh, where who makes it? it? Oh, yeah, man. Where do you, where, who makes where do you go and get the greatest hamburger? Where have you been and said this is the greatest hamburger? There's a there's a bar there's a place by me called Big Barlow's Barbecue makes the best fucking it's all fresh. Okay, you hear that guys? Send money. Okay. So, <laughs> so, okay, so you so you've answered to me what in your opinion is the uh best hamburger for you. Yeah. Yeah. Now answer to me what's the best not the best, but what is the most popular hamburger in the country? Oh, McDonald's. Yeah, got okay. McDonald's. I equate music to that. When people ask me, what's the best music? I say the blues. Mm-hmm. And then they say, what's the most popular music? I said, well, anything that's not the blues. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's great. But it's like it's like that. You know, um, we we forget when we're artists, you know. Yeah, we forget yeah. just because we do something or we think it's great or like it doesn't mean the masses are going to even connect with it. No, you know, no, and then yeah. and then we get bitter about how come they're not getting this. Well, because they're pedestrian and they want what <laughs> every you know people want what makes them comfortable. It's a comfort. We're talking about yeah. comfort food. Yeah, you know, you go, if you if you eat McDonald's, man, that's not even a hamburger. That's a McDonald's. That's yeah. another flavor that you might be in the mood for, man. Right, you'll eat. And you'll love it, and then half hour later you'll regret it. Yeah, know? exactly. And the thing is that there's nothing wrong with that, except they just refuse to accept that that's what they are. Like it's the same when like people get angry about going to see stand up, and it's like, well, I'm sorry you're not at home watching the fucking Big Bang Theory, but if that's your t- like, you're not going to see that in a club. So no. go go watch that, and then don't go see stand up or or learn to adjust. But true no, well, art, you know, you know, in stand up, I have to say. Some of my best friends are so. <laughs> <laughs> Love and hearing we, it. And we thought, you know, I mean, really, a lot of my friends, as you know, you've seen some of them yeah. talk to me. You know, I, I've known them. For, for, I've been in very close to comedy all my life. Yeah. You know, starting with my brother Floyd, who's just yep. like you know. I've worked with him so crazy. many times. By the way, from when I was younger to literally like a couple years ago, we did a radio. We just wound up at the same radio station doing a gig together, promoting shit. And we hadn't seen each other in forever. He's a great guy. And 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 he was a, a throwback, like a really crazy guy, you know? Yeah. And he's, but but I, I know that, and we talk about the state of comedy now. And, you know, and, and I think Chappelle has sort of the reins, you know, yes. that, that Eddie Murphy had and that Richard Pryor had and that Lenny Bruce had and that George Carlin certainly had. Yep. You know? Uh, and and it's an important thing to be to not back down so much about yeah. what you say and to say this is hey wait a minute now you're out of hand because this is comedy nobody's yep. safe nobody should be safe right from you know it's we're lampooning our existence as human beings okay yeah these yeah. are flaws and things we point out that make us laugh 
that actually bring us closer together. If you start yes. splitting that, you know, into, yeah. into taking it person, taking comedy personally is crazy. Absolutely. You're and there, I, you buy a ticket and you're sitting in the audience. And I'm going to watch you do stand up and I got my arms folded waiting. I can't wait till he says something that can offend me. Supposed to be there to fucking laugh. Yeah. You know? And nothing, yeah. and, and you know, the thing about humans is we laugh. No yeah. other species laughs. The hyena, it's bullshit. It's not really laughing. But, <laughs> we, but we laugh, and you know, what do we laugh at most? Ourselves. Yeah. We do. So when you recognize something somebody says that might seem cruel, you might say, you know, that's what we are. That's what people do. Exactly. You know, so. and comedy is always meant to be inclusive, not exclusive. If you're made, if you're being made fun of, you're part of the fucking troop. You're it's part of the fair. world. It's yeah. Fair game. Exactly. You, know, you don't have to be insensitive and, and, you know, and say right. deliberately say cruel things. Right. 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 But that's and, the thing. Like my other friends who are comedy comedians say, Hey, if you don't like my act, leave, you can yeah. get up and walk out of the club. Yep. You know? Yeah. And, and we all don't have to to voice, you know, we all don't have to get get up, get our backs up about everything and post. No, I know. You know, unfortunately, everybody has <sighs> that, that old saying, the world is, you know, that that, that asshole's opinions oh, are yeah. and everybody's yeah. got one. Yeah. You know, yeah. You and, know what I and, think it is, too? I think a lot of it came down to, like, people saw what it was, what, what quote-unquote activism or what pressure public pressure could do to certain politicians like like think of it this way satirical comedy stuff that Chappelle has said out loud or whatever that's caused you know people to look a different way at a topic same thing with John Stewart same thing even Conan does that kind of stuff or whatever but like when you see comedy kind of um you know bringing subjects to light that matter to people I think that's when it took a weird turn you know what I mean? Where they were like, oh, we could use this and market it as a weapon. And then when it wasn't going their way, when because comedy's not supposed to be used like that all the time, then they well, were like, know, oh, we need to get this guy to shut up. The, the demise of Richard Nixon, okay, yeah. was the beginning of the end uh, because it was all of a sudden, oh, if we don't like something, let's just tear it down because sure. there used to be sort of, there used to be sort of, <laughs> I don't know if it's a good ethic or a bad ethic, but there was sort of a given that, okay, we don't talk about that, you know, but right. But he got caught. All right. Mm -hmm. Nixon mm -hmm. wasn't the only one, you know, if they, if John Kennedy, Oh yeah. Was in today, he wouldn't last a week, you know, absolutely. You I know. know. And, and Lincoln wouldn't have won an election because of his looks, you know, yeah. and, and, and the way Ross Perot was laughed at, you know, yeah. laughed off the stage. No one heard what he was saying, you know? Yeah. So, and Lincoln yeah. would have been in the same situation against Stephen Douglas. It would have been, look at this guy. He's way too tall and skinny. His clothes don't fit. His beard, he's got a mole over here. He yeah, looks yeah. like he hasn't slept for a week. He's got it's, a high squeaky voice, by the way. I <laughs> you know? I literally hate when people... Americans. It was right. breaking, you know. So, I mean, and then the advent of the writer's strike. You remember the writer's strike? Oh, my God, of course. You're sure. Yeah. So what happened? All the geniuses at these networks said, fuck the writers. We don't need the writers. Right. All we need is real people. Reality TV. That's why we're stuck with the Kardashians. Yep. And that's why we got <laughs> stuck with a president who was a bad actor. You know? Yep. And, you know, and, and I'm talking about Ronald Reagan, by the way. Before that. <laughs> <laughs> I only said when, when 
I was a kid and Reagan got into office, and why not Gregory Peck? You know, why not, somebody, <laughs> why not Robert Mitchum? Why Ronald Reagan? You know, anyway. Yeah, yeah, of course. But all of a sudden, why does why do the Kardashians? And and I mean, Kanye has talent, so I can't I can't put him in there. With that. I know. Yeah. He has talent as an artist, but shut the fuck up. I don't care what else you have to say. Yeah, and exactly, Paul, dude. Take your fucking Toronto, meds. And, and, you know, and, and everybody, and, and, and Sean Penn, I love your art, guys. I really mm-hmm. do. But I don't want your political opinions. Right. You know? And I don't want, uh, I don't, I don't, I, you know, I mean, it's funny because it used to be about talent, and now it's just about if you if you put something up long enough and enough times, and you bombard people with Instagram stars. Yeah. We're, we're, we're so stupid. We are living in the idiocracy. Did you yeah. see the movie? Uh, I, lo- I always hit my friends and I say that all the time. I love that movie. That's 100% we're what living. we're living in. The only, thing, the only bad part living. is you, you can't get a hand job at Starbucks for five bucks like an idiocracy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was like, where's that part? When does that come in? Imagine Nice Clay coming out now. What the fuck would happen? I know. Right. I thought he was funny. I thought Kinnison was funny. Oh, you know? Kinnison was fucking amazing. Yeah, but yeah. today, oh, you know, I was in the audience and he yelled, and I'm traumatized. I'm yep. suing him. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Oh my god, I love it. I'm like, comedians don't pass legislation, so just shut the fuck up. Go away. Like that's the thing. You're supposed to go down. You're going down into a dark basement for an hour to escape reality. Let it happen. Just yeah. let it wash over you. Well, you know, I mean, some people will always be offended, uh, but you can't. We all we we all are learning to be more sensitive about what we say and sure. who we say to. But sometimes in in performing, you know, I mean, there's songs that were written old blues songs that I love that I got to reexamine sometimes. If somebody will yeah. say, you, "You ought to say that," you know. Right. I said, "Well, I I qualified. This was written by Sunhouse or Robert Johnson, you know, in the '30s, yeah. and this was the way the world was." Yeah. So I'm not well, this- going to make believe that I'm going to change a word because you know that's actually the way the world was, and yeah. it's kind of a history lesson. Didn't you know, the Stones- so when we try to rewrite history and cancel shit. It's just as bad as rewriting art, you know. Yep. Or say, hey, you know what? That Michelangelo, that paint, put, put a fig leaf over that, you know. Right. We can't Did- do that. Didn't We're the Stones? Back- Didn't the yeah. Stones just have to cancel a song that they had sung forever, or something like that? They recently. Sure. Brown, Brown sugar. sugar. That's the way it's a, it's a it's a comment on slavery. It's not right. a positive comment on slavery. No. Yeah. You know, the fact that it existed, we need to know that. Exactly. We need to know, make believe it didn't happen. <clears throat> and uh, you know, but but I can't say which songs offend who. And I know. um and I say all I say is this, people, and you're listening. If you don't like it, don't listen to it. Yeah. You know, if you don't like the comedian, walk out of the club. Mm-hmm. If you don't like the food, get up and leave or send it back. Yeah. You know? But whatever it is, it's your choice. But we don't all have to know about it. You know, no. if you didn't like like a like a hamburger, you don't have to get on social media and and and, and tear the place apart. Right. People are trying to stay in business, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But but do ask for your money back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna yeah. say, don't send it back. It's coming back with spit in it. I would, ne- I don't send it back. I'm going, I'm going somewhere else after. That's it. Bang, no, bang. you don't send it back. No, no, no. But you know, I don't know. There's so much. I, I and and yes, I'm, I'm older now, so I, I, I say what I feel like. 
Uh, sure. You know, I'm, I know, I know from a fact from growing up and from the people I've worked with that, you know, I've never had me or the people that I, I'm sorry, this thing is moving. People I've worked with, uh, you know, of, of every race, creed and color or whatever you want to say, uh, have never had a problem working together as artists, sure. uh, you know, yeah. and uh, the people that have the problem most of the time aren't even the people that they feel are being prosecuted. It's yeah, uh, yeah. Persecuted, persecuted, right? yeah, persecuted. It's, it's people. It's people who just want to play police to everything going on in the world. Yeah, you know? it, it's kind of like when you're at a funeral, right? And like you're at your own grandparents' funeral, and you and all you, you all the dis, the direct relatives are laughing because you find humor to be cathartic. Yeah, somebody that does isn't part of the family and just happen to stop by that knows somebody that knows somebody's like, isn't that horrible? They're like they're making jokes, but you're like, no, no, you don't understand. This is. No, no. This is our yeah. process. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I mean, I mean, it's uh, it's funny because in trying to unite, we are becoming more divided. And yeah. Yeah. There's a problem in the method at this point. Um, there's no problem in the theory. Right. The theory is absolutely beautiful and wonderful, but the method has to unite. I'm trying to center myself here because I don't want to be <laughs> part of the left or right. Both spiritually <laughs> and on camera, I noticed. <laughs> I just want to be center. And yeah. I just think everybody needs to come center. You know, the pendulum needs to swing, right? Yeah. And yeah. it needs to get stuck up in the corner. But if you right. leave it up there, it's fucked. Yeah. It needs to come down, you know, and and and, and rest somewhere in the middle. And uh, you know, we, we 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 need to find a way to work together, not to be more divided. Yeah. Um, Isn't it odd that social media? Yeah. The aisles are even further apart now in yeah. life. Um, yeah. Isn't it I weird mean, that we, social media was meant to connect people and yet it's driven us farther apart? Yeah. Yeah. It really has. Yeah. Really the fact has. that, like, and, and you're. Oh, serious radio because all of a sudden, oh, I'm just going to. You, you could just sit on one station and listen to one thing all day now. Yeah. Where we used to get variety. You know, variety is the spice. Without a doubt, it doubt it, of life, and it and and you know, radio used to be programmed to, to have variety in it, and so was right. television. But now you can just be stupid and sit on, and I'm not <laughs> I'm not saying the music's stupid, but yeah. I'm just gonna sit on an ACDC station all day, or yep. an Elvis station, or a Bruce station, or a blues station. Mm-hmm. You know, it's better to get a, a broad stroke of everything. Yeah. Um, otherwise. That also forms your opinions in in a way that are are, are one sided. If right. you have one one thing coming at you all the time, you're going to start believing that. So, if you watch Fox News, make sure you watch CNN, but never watch MSNBC. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good that's good life advice, kids. That's yeah, great. Yeah. I got I got to ask you, man. How is it being? Because I know we were all locked down. We were doing COVID shit or whatever. Are you finding the audiences are just so because the same thing happens to me man we're like i feel like they're so ready they're so oh, much happier like i think it's, it's gonna kick live music up a notch again where it needs to be people are gonna you know you don't know what you got till you lose it if john yeah Lennon said, uh and, yeah. and other people have said that over the years but john put it on <laughs> yeah uh, and 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 all of a sudden people are like coming uh, i don't know about young people i don't think that they know what live music is anymore uh well some do yeah, but, yeah, you know the lines at the discos are bigger than ever, and the clubs, the the you know the velvet rope joints. Yeah, 
the older people and the people that love live music are coming out. And I know that there's a whole, there are scenes that I'm not part of that. I'm sure live music is in the college world and, and uh, you know, the indie world and the Brooklyn scene as we call it. Uh, you know, yeah, that, yeah. 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 That that's probably thriving again. And, uh, but you got a nice beard now, man. You could pass for the Brooklyn scene. You could go right in there. No problem. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Yeah, somebody say, "Hey, man, where'd you get the white dye, man?" That's crazy. <laughs> Billy Gibbons told me, "Man, your beard's getting good, Jimmy. Uh, just don't eat any Cheetos, because <laughs> you'll have Cheetos in your beard, and you'll you'll be thinking somebody's looking at you, but they're looking at the Cheetos." Advice <laughs> from a guy. Whose beard is orange, you know? Yeah, so. yeah. Oh, that's fucking hilarious. Or he just has a lot of Cheetos. Could be either way. You never know. know. He kind of looks like that Cheetos cat a bit, you know? So <laughs> Chester Cheeto? You know, it could be. Uh, but um, I just hope things get back to our old fucked up normal. You yeah. Know? Do you, yeah. Do you miss would... the Do you miss doing the, the show, the TV show, though? Do you miss doing Conan and stuff? Well, I mean, I did it. I did it for 26 years straight, man. You yeah. Know? Wow. And when people would ask me, I would say, man, I'm just a blues man with a job, you know? <laughs> and I and I came up playing all kinds of, doing all kinds of stuff in life. Yeah. And, um, and uh, yeah, we're, we're working on, we got something in the in the works right now. Oh, nice. We don't know, we don't know what it is. Right. So the exciting <laughs> part does? is that we, we get another shot. Uh, we just keep doing it. A little bit different every time. I'm excited to see what this one might be. Yeah. We're still like best of friends, Conan and I, and we work together on a lot of different stuff. So nice. That's awesome. You know, man. Brilliant guy. He's in no way ready to retire, you know. It's, yeah, uh, no. I hope not. We feel like we lost two or three years that we need to grab back anyway. Yep. That, you know, don't even add those onto your life because we didn't live, right? Did we? Yeah. I mean, was that yeah. living? That's no. I don't think. Yeah. How, no, how did that first all come about? Like, how did you? How, what was your initial introduction with it? Me and Max. Well, you know, I Max the E Street Band had broken up. Max and I had a project, Killer Joe. It was called. We made a record together. We used to work, play live gigs together, and then I had a band with Clarence Clements, and I was I moved out to his house in Sausalito. Uh, and, uh, and uh, we were working and I got a phone call from Max. It was like, in, I guess, in 92 or 93 and said, man, you got to come back. We got to put a band together. We got an audition for this guy, Conan, this kid. You know, he's like 25 <laughs> or 26, whatever he was at the time. Uh, and he said, but we don't have a band. So I said, well, let's get some of your guys. And he got Pender and Labama from the Jukes. And I grabbed nice. my most of my guys from my, the Vivino Brothers band. Yeah. That's me and Mike Merritt and Scott Healy. Right. Uh, you know, we stuck it together. We rehearsed. Max put a brilliant presentation together on an audition we did. Mm. And uh, and we got the gig. Wow. So we started, you know, we started doing it in 1993. Uh, Max was there till 2019, around about mm -hmm. 16 yeah. years, 15, 16 years. Uh, you know, we always knew that the divorce of Bruce and his great band was not going to last. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, and, and that that's where everybody was going to end up eventually. Cause even Bruce must have admitted that, you know, these two, you know, these two 
Tunnel of Love and Lucky Town, these two records I made, they're great records and the songs are good and, and the sounds good, but it ain't that magic of the E Street band. So yeah. he got back together. No, and it's like any Mick Jagger solo album and or Beatles solo album and it isn't as good as the whole band doing stuff. Right. So uh, and then I went all came off to California and took over. So for another uh, I don't know seven eight years with them, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and um, so it's it's been a you know been a roller coaster. It's been fun. And if I don't do anything else with him, we'll we'll always be friends and always be working together on something. Nice. Uh, you know, it, it, after all these years, and I say I was a blues man with a job, I'm I'm starting to go out and play and do my own. Yeah, thing. man. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm you know the guys I grew up backing up like Hubert Sumlin and Johnny Johnson and Otis Rush and all these guys that would come in from Chicago. You know, Sun Seals. I'd get a call from the club and they say, "Hey, man, so and so's coming in. Put a band together." And we work our ass off knowing their shit because I learned from Paul Schaefer, make sure you know the records before you back anybody up, like right. every fucking about it. And mm -hmm. uh, so now I'm the old guy. I'm the new old guy. If <laughs> 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 I go to Boston, I got a rhythm section there. I got a rhythm section in Texas. I got a rhythm section in Florida. I got people in Atlanta, young people I know. You know, I know the, the sons of friends, you know. Yeah. Bets, Devin Allman, sons of people I knew, their fathers and, you know, and uncles, yeah, yeah. Uh, Derek, you know. And so I'm like Uncle Jimmy now, you know. So, oh, that's uh, great, man. I call a lot of, I got a pretty deep uh, book, bench of people I can call. And I love playing with different rhythm sections. So awesome. besides taking my own band, I can always say, hey, man, get me like a couple of guys. Let's go and do this. You know? and, yeah. uh, I, I kind of look forward to doing more of that uh, unless I get another TV show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, man with a job again, you know. I hope I get. I hope we get to come see you live, man, before you start another TV show. Because uh, that would be fucking amazing. Are you going to come to Jersey? Pardon me, Jersey. Where, where are you? In? You're down in. I'm in LBI, man, but I go ever. I just went to hang out with Jake Clemens at the the uh, the Stone uh, Pony. Stone Pony. Another example of a kid who's a nephew of one of my dear friends. Yeah, know? he's great, man. That he was he fucking crushed that show. Real talented, you know. Yeah, he was so good, man. He we had him on here, we hit it off, and then I got to hang out with him and see him live, man, and it was amazing. Fucking blew me away. And also plays guitar and sings and some other yes. stuff, you know. Oh man, he yeah. was he was the whole thing. Piano, yeah. I play some piano. He's, he did the he's he did a couple songs with piano. He did a couple songs with the guitar. Switched over to the saxophone naturally and just just blew the whole roof off the place, man. It was incredible. Well, I keep threatening to go down with my friend Danny Clinch and Asbury and and, and the Tangiers Blues Band. Yes, I know, know Danny. Those, yeah, Danny's yeah. a good guy. And Danny and, and you know Chris and those guys, you know. Uh, you gotta, you, know. you gotta come and do the See Here Now festival in Asbury. Yeah, I used to do another one. I used to do one down, another one down there on the water too. It was in, uh, I can't remember. Uh, uh, yeah, well, what's that? What what festival is that in Asbury? That's, That's the re currently. I think they've done three or four. I think it should have been four, but COVID nixed it. But yeah, it's called the See Here Now festival. I think. Uh, Pearl Jam and Smashing Pumpkins did it last year, and then the Avid Brothers and a slew of other smaller bands. And then this year, it's Stevie Nicks and Green Day, and then another, you know, My Yellow Jacket, um, a bunch of other great smaller bands are, are doing it and crushing it, man. It's going to be good. Well, September. well, 
Yeah, you know, I'll be on the sideshow stage for that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you there. <laughs> there's like a, you know, there's always like a, that that sideshow stage of curiosities of the world. <laughs> What's this muddy water shit? He's sitting on a chair and playing by himself. You know, Check. I'm fine to be that guy. You know, You're gonna, I'm, I'm gonna make my own festival with blackjack and hookers. <laughs> it's like right <laughs> off to the side. Yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah, I need gambling there. Though. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Yeah, <laughs> Tom does it for a living. Go to Atlantic City, you know, or something, you know. But uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm looking into it because I'm actually looking into working again, like on the road, because I love it. Yeah, I, you know, I, a lot of people say that. Oh, aren't you going to retire? I said, well, yeah. Well, I don't fish, I don't golf. <laughs> you know, I, I I do paint, but that's Ooh. too low. You know, uh, so yeah, yeah. Playing music is my, re you know, playing out, going, visiting, you know, just getting on the road and going to this town or that town or, you know, week here, week there is, is my my retirement. You know, the world, it has shrunk. We do have these great cruises. I just yeah. came off where I met people and, you nice. know, from there networked into doing some stuff I never thought I'd be doing. And uh, I'm so glad to hear you, know, you say that because people keep telling me, because I love going on the road. I still love going on the road to do stand-up, but people keep telling me, wait till you get older, you'll get sick of the road. And I'm like, oh, man, don't fucking tell me that. But I, you you love it. No, no, I'm, I have a band with Mark Marin in L.A., right? And, yeah, Lar you guys were at Largo, and, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll play at Largo. And, and we were just going the other day. We're like, hey, man, things are loosening up. And Mark says, can you do this date? And I'm like... Oh, I gotta go here. I said I'm good. The next three. He goes, man, I'm on the road. The next three. I'm doing uh, comedy here, you know. So we're all starting to work again. So unfortunately, some of the things we could do and say, let's do it once a month. Yeah, we're the reality of that and and and, and juggling our road gigs is, right. is becoming a little more difficult. But it's a it's a good sign, you know. You got to give up something to, to do the thing you yeah. really love. It's always uh, good to be busy. Yeah, you know, and and it's. There's so much to do still. Uh, if you just keep moving, you know, you won't get hit. <laughs> when did you get into <laughs> When did you get into the paint? When did you get into painting, man? I didn't know you painted. Well, you know, I got into painting when I was a kid, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, and um, and 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 unfortunately, in the school, and I had a great school system that supported me, but they said, well, you can't be an art major and a music major in high school, you know. So uh. I so I chose music. Uh, you know, when I was in high school, I composed an orchestra piece and nice. some big band stuff. And, you know, I had an independent study to, to write music and to, you know, do arranging compositions and stuff, you know, that that didn't allow me time to be in the art class anymore. So uh, I right. just picked up painting again, like during COVID and painted a bunch mm -hmm. of portraits of blues guys that I loved. And oh, that's awesome. I found it very relaxing, but it's still... You know, me, while I can still play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, do you do you have you know, a website can, for all your art? No, no. I just I, I have a handful of paintings I, that I love, and oh, you nice. know, then I slow down again because I got into a thing where every morning during COVID I would post a bathrobe blues, you know, and uh, <laughs> I'd get up and just just play a thirty second or sixty second thing, and uh, and great. then and then found out, oh I can go longer if I put it on you know the other t youtube tv uh, i mean yeah. uh, in, in instagram tv yeah and uh and then um started doing that every day and then i started exploring country blues more 
uh, and going backwards in my backwards journey through music. Yeah, right, right. Uh, that's how music took over again. So painting was kind of sidelined, and uh, I got to find a way to do it again. I, I love doing it, but yeah, oh, I never I thought tell. of it as anything more than relaxation. You know, if so, if there was a blues guy. One of your favorites. If there was somebody in that genre that could see you perform live, do you know who you'd want in the audience? Well, the question should be, who should I want to see that I didn't get to see? Oh. You know, to me, I don't. Who am I? Um, you know what I always say about the blues? I didn't build this house. I rent a room in it, you know? Right. This is built yeah. by other people. Right. You know, that I admire. You know, they're, they're the they built this foundation and the house and they graciously enough let me rent a room in the blues you know the real yeah blues. yeah so so yes uh yes if i could have seen charlie Patton or sunhouse mm -hmm. you know elmore james mm -hmm. people that were were dead uh long before i was even able to go to a club and see them right uh, yeah. i would love to have known lightning hopkins he was the hippest coolest guy uh, uh you know he dressed he, he could wear a cardigan sweater and a, and a fedora and smoke a cigarette with a holder you know yeah wear hands yeah. and just be so fucking cool one time a producer said walked up to lightning and they brought him in the studio and said uh mr hopkins i'm your producer he goes oh yeah you're my producer why don't you produce me a bottle of whiskey? <laughs> That's a cool dude. Absolutely. His, his to his point, produce me. Just turn the damn machine on and get the hell out of here. You know? Yeah. Because yeah. It was an organic. There was a guy, him and Sonny Boy Williamson too, Rice Miller. There were they were guys. They're true blues uh, and and John Lee Hooker mm -hmm. that didn't write down the lyrics or never did a song the same way twice. Right. So it was. You got how they were feeling at that moment, and it only yeah. went down the way when they recorded it that one time. Right? And they go live, and it would have different something else would have happened that day that goes into the song. So it was this actual living. The song was like a living organism that that kept yeah. changing, morphing every time he did it. Sure, the basic idea was there, but what else happened today? Right. You know, and I did. You know, when you don't have to to be restricted to two or three minutes, how long can that song be? Yeah. Uh, it's so I love that you just said that too, because we had a lot of people on here and a lot of musicians who were basically like, uh, I, they kind of enjoyed making an album during COVID for the simple fact that they didn't have anybody over their shoulder and they got to create something totally organic and, and beautiful that wasn't fucking mass produced or, or, or touched that wasn't by somebody who wasn't an artist. Well, the creativity creeps in in, in madness. You mm -hmm. know, uh, there's a fine line of the Van Gogh thing, you know, between insanity and creativity. Yeah, and we all were in our own way going fucking nuts, man. I don't care what yeah. your job, I don't care what your business was, who you were. Right. You know, it's not the arts. You can become creative. All of a sudden, maybe we start reading again. You know, or maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you could just sit on Turner classic movies all day and, and just <laughs> absolutely into, and say, you know what? Okay. The world might not have been better, but you could actually understand how the world was right. Different era, you know, I, I watched and, an uh, entire documentary on Paramount studios during the COVID thing on, on Turner classic film. 
And yeah. I was like, I would have never seen this if I was on the road. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. It was like in the middle, you know, I don't know what time it was on, but I was like, this is great. No, and all those studios, you know, I mean, the, the thing was the magical part of a walking into Rockefeller Center and working for 16 years, where right. when I was a kid, when I was a kid, my buddy Jeff Fenho and I, he was a, we were both trumpet players in the big band in high school. Mm -hmm. And we were like 12, 13. His father, Hal Venho, was the associate producer on The Tonight Show. Yeah. So we would go up there and uh, and watch Doc Severinsen rehearse the big band in the afternoon. Oh, wow. Yeah. And even one time, Hendrix came on and played with Billy Cox and Ed Shaughnessy because Buddy Miles, I don't know, didn't wake up that day, whatever. <laughs> so, so it was like right after Woodstock and they came in and, you know, and, and Doc would take us in his office and play the trumpet for our, we were trumpet players, you know? And, yeah. Uh, and we then we go downstairs, you know, where my other friend's uncle Don worked at the Dunhill cigar place. Mm -hmm. And we go for pastrami. It was Rockefeller center had this, its own, it was its own universe, you know, it's yeah. own city. And yeah. um, so to walk into the, that, through those doors and up those elevators to 6A, which was, by the way, the studio that we were in with Conan yep. was also Letterman studio where Paul Schaefer used to have me up just to hang out and watch. But it was wow. also where the show was in its last year when I saw it there with yeah. my friends. Uh, so I was working in the same place. Wow. And then to come out to Hollywood and work at, at, at uh, Warner Bros. Well, first at um, Universal for the evil empire of NBC. Yeah. And then, <laughs> then over to a Warner Brothers studio, which was a really warmer place and be in the same studio that Casablanca and Goonies were both shot in. Oh man. <laughs> Fucking wow. love Goonies. Yeah. Casablanca, both great. You, know, you just it's read blacks outside the studios and, and you, and you, and you say, you know what? I'm really kind of, and not only that out of my office, out the back door, if I went out the back door and mm -hmm. looked down, towards the commissary it was the same place where the burning man on the back of which oh, you were here the, the pink floyd record yeah yeah wow so and I'm, all that kind of nerdy hollywood shit you know hollywood is kitsch you know that's very much about yeah. you know about all of that you know new york it's out and out cool you know right but hollywood so much of that history and weird shit and things pop up in the weirdest spot in, you know, in Silver Lake, the Laurel and Hardy stairs are still there. The yeah. Music box. Really? You know, and I, I went had... recently where they, where they try to move the piano up there. The same yeah. stairs are there. You walk up those stairs, it's like walking up the stairs in Abbey Road to the control right. room. I, it's I had a... Shit, man. Yeah, know? yeah. I had, a, I had a network meeting at the uh, at Henson Studios. And at the time when I was going in there, one of the studio execs that was walking me around was like, this used to be the old Charlie Chaplin studio. That's right. He built that studio. He built yeah. it. It was, it was fuck. And they still have like a nice tribute there to him and stuff. It was surreal, man. It was weird. Yeah. And before and, Henson bought it, it was A&M Records. Oh my wow. God, that's right. Yeah. So I would go there for meetings at A&M and I was, and it was, wasn't it? It was so cool the way it worked. Yeah. You know, it was different I, than any studio. I'll tell you right now, my meeting ended and I wa and I didn't leave. My my, you know, when your meeting ends, you're supposed to walk out to your car. I did not fucking leave. No. I'm like, I, I walked around, man. I took myself <laughs> on a tour. There's ghosts, man. <laughs> you know, when you go into the Grand Old Opry, notes went up into the ceiling, 
and they're still hanging around. And same with Levon's barn. When I used to work with Levon in his at his barn, man, and think about the notes that went up there, or you go to La Scala Opera House, or you go to Carnegie man. Hall, you know, anything that's got wood in it, you know. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. The shit, you know, wood is a natural acoustic thing that maintains vibrations. Yeah, and even so, the creeks. You know, everything's a cathedral that that's mm. like that. You know, to me, yeah. Um, you know, you go to Sun Studios and they they you know, they say, "Here's where Elvis stood," and you stand there. Something yeah. happens. Yeah, something happens yeah. for you. You immediately, you immediately want a peanut butter and banana sandwich when you stand <laughs> and bacon. Those yeah. three things. Oh God, dude, this is fucking great, man. Listen, I gotta, I gotta wrap, but I gotta ask you the main three questions that we ask every guest. Okay. All right. So first question is, if you can go back in time and talk to your younger self, what piece of advice would you give yourself to help you today? Um, don't wash your hair so much. You might keep it. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. Noted. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> The second question is, what had to end in your life, good or bad, that led you to where you are today? What ended? Yeah, what had to end? Probably my first marriage. Wow. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. and, and and I still love her. We still love each other. Right. But we knew that we, knew that we couldn't be with each other. Yeah. yeah. And that's always the healthiest thing, though. Like, if you can still love the person that you can just be like, look, I got to walk yeah. away. Sting said it set them free, you know? Yeah. But, you know, yeah. I, I never listened to Sting. I should have listened to him. So, <laughs> or maybe I did listen to him. Anyway. So wait, do you want to change the first question to go back in time and talk to Sting? <laughs> I've done it. Go ahead. <laughs> You're like, next. Been, he's the smartest guy in the room. There's not him and Donald Fagan are the smartest guy in the room. Oh, Donald but go ahead. Nice. Um, and the other question is, we got Stuart Copeland on in a week, by the way. So I'm going to ask him about any wisdom from Stuart. No, I won't do that. Uh <laughs> brilliant, too. You know, I work for Stuart's family uh, for IR IRS Records. Oh, you nice. Know, his brother, Miles, was the head of the record company right. that I worked for. Yeah. Uh, they, they, I think their father seriously was like a, like a CIA guy. Like some Holy sort shit. Of covert. Yeah. <laughs> really? Wow. Oh, man. Should I ask him about that or no? <laughs> You're like, well, don't you ask. Should. Yeah. Well, you should. Oh, that's great. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, and third question is it ties into the show. So, um, if this was a genuine dystopia, if there were like alien zombies, volcanoes going off, comet headed toward Earth, how would Jimmy Vivino want to go out? What would be your epic death? I've I've been waiting for the aliens to come and take me back. <laughs> you know? Great. Yeah. I truly believe. I truly believe in the alien ant farm theory and that they're saying, okay, look, they fucked up again. Somebody go down there and just, would you adjust something, you know? And they right, do it's close. This is for millions of years. Right. Right. Uh, and that is ourselves coming back, looking at ourselves saying, maybe if we fix it now, that won't happen. But yeah, you know, you know, the whole thing about that theory that you can't fuck with shit because it's just going to fuck up something else. Yeah. That's butterfly what we live with. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's what I do. That's we, what I think those are, fucking. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think those fucking tic tacs are that they that the airplanes keep seeing. Man, I just think it's us. I, you know what, I, I truly, um, I, I truly believe there's something to it that that we are sort of 
you know, like it's it's sort of a it's sort of a um, independent study, or or it's maybe it's a, a thesis for their college. Okay, now you're gonna go back down and check out 1982 <laughs> and see why things fucked up, you know. And if you take one, take one with you, examine them, but throw them back. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a catch and release well, program we have on Earth. Exactly, <laughs> and tag them. Like we do with animals in the wild, you know? It's all like, birthmarks are just tags that, from aliens. People, people that actually swear that they got like implants and shit, you know? Yeah, man. So, yeah. Randy Quaid. I, I Randy Quaid I, did. Look, look, I, I believe it as much as I disbelieve it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's great. Anything's possible except what's fucking happening. You know? <laughs> so. <laughs> I love that, man. Thank you so, so much for coming on, dude. It's been a blast, man. And I love your show, The Green Room. It's amazing. Okay, man. Everybody stay safe if you can. Yes, you too, man. Dystopia tonight.